Keith, he didn't play great, but he gets the important goal. Now that's the responsibility he has to take on board. He's a young player. He's come with a big transfer fee, and he's played another huge chunk of that off today. But um, being the Celtic main striker is a big responsibility, and he's learning as he goes along. And he's scored important goals already this season. He's done it again today. It's brilliant. Your passes, you'll end up with molasses, cauterizing syrup and syrup and molasses. And I'm checking out the asses, the assets that attract us to anything that moves. We're deep inside the grooves, and it's time to shake the rashes, cause someone's gonna cash in. The plot it turns again, the reference starts to tell. Well, show me a word that whisper it. But Celtic are six wins away from the treble. Treble, 95 dull minutes at Dens, followed by one glorious strike from Odson Edward, means that we will enter the home straight of the season, a whopping 10 points clear at the top. Yes, you're listening to the Grand Old Podcast, episode number 61. I'm Hamish Carton. I've got a voice this week, which is always a positive. My usual duo helpers, John McGinley and Hi. Paul Fisher, are here. Um, we just had a very scary moment, John. Yeah, um, Hamish just came on the call there and it sounded like Paul and I started speaking to him as if he was Paul and then he had to tell me that he was Hamish. It was very, very scary because I could have said oh. anything about Hamish and I wouldn't have known. <laughs> you could have slagged me right off. I could have slagged you right <laughs> off. <laughs> Paul, how are you today? I, I guess uh, the big question is, um, how are you getting on? <laughs> is, that the, is that the big question? Smashing. Um, I was going to ask you a better one to do with Celtic but... Whatever, we'll leave that. I've just had a nice bowl of homemade soup, so I'm ready to go. Good stuff. The good times are back, John. Yeah, when Paul's got a full stomach, then you know you're in for a good time, I think. What did you make of the game today, then? Because it was a, a pretty mm. drab, uh, as I said, pretty drab 95 minutes, but it's ended in the most scintillating of, of fashions. It was a, a great finish to the match, a great finish from Odds and Edward, a really well-worked goal as well, and it's uh, just like the goals at Kilmarnock and Hearts, just a really priceless, priceless goal. Yeah, well, it needed to come, didn't it? Because I think if we'd kind of drop points two weeks in a row, like the day after Rangers had also done so, people would the be asking. would have been out. Yeah, people would have been asking serious questions. For some reason, people are still asking serious questions in, in the wake of the goal, which I think was a little bit of an overreaction in general to the performance, which I didn't think was especially bad compared to some of our away performances this season. I think people are maybe looking back into that first half of the season a little bit with rose-tinted specs at what we were kind of football we were playing under Brendan Rodgers. I don't think there's any indication of any kind of um, problems that are currently under Neil Lennon with what happened today. It was just a kind of insipid display, boring, dull, whatever you want to call it. But we actually created a fair amount of chances across the 90 minutes. A lot of people saying after the game we didn't really deserve to win. I thought across the piece, you would have to say that we did. We had the most urgency in the game, the most possession, the most territory, the best chances. And ultimately, it came very, 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 <laughs> very, 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 very late. But the goal came. Must be one of the latest goals Celtic have ever scored. Must 96 be, yeah. minutes on the mm. clock. Incredible. Uh, Paul, we were all at the Aberdeen game a week ago. I think we all saw the game today. Uh, was it an improvement? Um, I think it was. I think you, you, there's various options, various things that you look at. So the opposition obviously are, are a lot different, but I think Dundee set up in a very defensive manner. 
and all credit to them. Mm. I think the the two centre halves were were very good. Um, I think the dealt- keeper had a good yeah, game. Yeah, well. I think they, I think they dealt with the way that we were playing very well. We we had this, um, over the top, um, over the top of the defence kind of tactic that we seem to have kind of adopted and o- over the top celebrations as well. Here, <laughs> we'll get to that, John. But um, I think. <laughs> looking at Aberdeen and then looking at Dundee you would expect him to win that game comfortably the Aberdeen game is always going to be a wee bit more difficult I think we were better than we were last week but we still didn't have that killer instinct um, in terms of getting a couple of goals or getting an early goal and, and relieving the pressure but I don't think we were ever really in much doubt of conceding and I think the way that the game was going on you would always have money on like my dad did and I know he listens to the podcast he said he put 10 quid on Celtic to win in the 91st minute <laughs> and won 120 quid oh well done so, Paul's dad that's fantastic great stuff right talk to us about this uh, the kind of the change in the way we, we played in terms of there was a lot of balls it's clear to see for anyone there was a, a lot of balls dinked over uh, the top Scott Brown was doing it uh, a few other players were doing it stuff that just wouldn't happen under Rodgers Paul so just tell us a little bit about how you viewed that and what, what you think it means I mean I, I probably think I know the answer well I think it's quite clear that this is a a Neil Lennon John Kennedy Damien Duff tactic isn't it it's it's something that they've come in and they've worked on adapted to and told the players like this is this is the way that we want to, to kind of tackle things. There's obviously the wings, there's the wing backs, and there's the wingers, and crossing the ball across. Um, but there is this if if you don't have that outlet, that option to play out to Lustig or or to Forest or or to Tierney or Sinclair, then then go route one, go over the top of the defence, and it worked wonders. We we know that it worked with the, the Edward goal, um, in the previous game, the game beforehand. So it's obviously something they've been working on in training. Did it pay dividends today? I don't think it did. It wasn't. It was. It was quite predictable, um, along with the set pieces, quite predictable. But it's it's good to see them doing something slightly different rather than just to run to I the mean, line, cut and try and take it past. Somebody. Yeah, I mean, I think today though the 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 tactics of the team, the setup of the team, very much Brendan Rodgers for me today. I thought. I just thought apart from there was one kind of spoiler to that, and that was Johnny Hayes coming on with express intention of getting to kind of crossing more balls in than we would usually. But I think yeah. that the team just that was quite sideways again. Would you would you say that Benkovic coming on and, and kinda of staying in the final third was I think that was really Lenin tactics. I wouldn't see Rogers doing something like that. Well that was that was out of desperation at that point when we're really looking for a goal. But Benkovic only came on because Ayer picked up that kind of concussion type yeah. injury. I think that you have a point where we've discussed this on the podcast for the last two weeks. There is that kind of more direct ball, and it isn't paying off and, and hasn't. But I thought that the, the pedestrian way we played today was very much what we would have seen under Brendan Rodgers, I think, if he was still manager. I just got that feeling that Dundee were sitting very, very deep and we were quite happy to kind of recycle possession and keep going at them. 75% of the possession we had. Yeah, and I thought that Callum McGregor coming back into the team gave us like way more, in the first half I felt especially, way more yeah. verticality in the midfield compared to Beaton. Like it was night and day for me. Do you think Brown improved in going forward as well because McGregor came back and I thought Brown was a lot more further up the park rather than sitting deep and yeah. really playing the sweeper role? He was a lot more assertive, I thought, yeah, you're right, you're totally right, but I thought in the first half the, the performance wasn't actually particularly poor, I just thought we were kind of not banging on the door a little bit, it became, in the second half I can see more what Paul's saying, when it became a bit more desperate, and I think that's when we started seeing longer balls forward, and kind of those kind of 
they're just not working for me though. That is a Lennon thing, but it's no. just not working for me. And it's the, like I said, it's the like quali- the quality. Cop- I mean, the, co- the quality of the ball just wasn't there for me in terms of the, the passing wasn't good enough. Whether it was Brown or Tolian or whoever over the top, it was just it was either too long or it wasn't quite into the path of players. For me, what we're seeing at the moment and the reason we're struggling in these games and I think originally when Lennon came in you know we we had that that adrenaline still going and that's probably what got us over the line against Hearts and and Hibs at Easter Road Um, but I think it's clear for anyone to see and it has been for about four or five months now just the the way we miss Tom Rogic um, and also Ryan Christie two players who just give us so much dynamism in that midfield you know they can unlock defences they've got that killer pass that perhaps no one else actually has in that Celtic team and I, I've got a lot of sympathy for the team and that, that's why I, I kind of I hold back on a lot of the frustrations in the performance because you are missing your, your two most creative players and I think if it was any yeah. other team the, you'd be really quick to, to point that out but I just think it's the fact that we've got so many of them um, that it's not pointed out as much but it was good to have McGregor back as you say he does these things where you can notice it from minute one. He did he did a lovely couple of nice wee one twos with Mikey Johnson at the start of the game. Stuff that near Beaton just wouldn't do. If it was Beaton, it'd be passed, and then he would kind of backtrack, and it just wouldn't give us anything else going forward. Whereas with McGregor, it's direct. There's a wee one two, and suddenly you're in in the back line. Um, but for me, when when Rogic and Christie come back, it's it's just going to give us so much. And the chat is certainly that Rogic could be back for the next match, which would be absolutely massive. And Christie isn't too far away either. So. You've got to hold back on the criticism for me. Those are two players who give us so much more in the midfield. So I'm, I mean, I'm happy. You to think do about that. the the points that we've dropped since Neil Lennon came into the into the club was against Aberdeen, who are arguably the, the second best time in, second best side in Scotland right now on form, and we were lo- oh. missing basically our entire first choice midfield, the the midfield that's been bringing us through games uh, consistently this season, like, you, like you've mentioned, and it's Rogic, Christie and McGregor, all of those were missing. So I think that kind of the criticism of Neil Lennon was reaching fever point at some point today, maybe like the 18th minute of that match, a lot of online kind of nonsense really about what Lennon's bringing to Celtic and how he shouldn't be getting the job and how this is proof that we're kind of going backwards. But I actually just don't see that point of view at all. I just consider, when you consider... What's happened at the club when you know Rogers walked out on us with all his coaching staff, and we were left with like a Celtic fan coming into the club who didn't really know the processes of what's currently going on, didn't really know many of the players, and I think if you're really raging about Rogers walking out, then you can't turn around and be immensely critical of the person who's filled in his boots just two weeks into his job. You know, it's not yeah. it's not an easy thing that Neil Lennon's done coming into he's put his reputation somewhat on the line. And delivering us these two trophies, and he's he's trying his best. We've not lost a single match yet, and we're looking pretty good. As I say, the only match that we did draw was we're missing our entire midfield, and it was against a pretty good Aberdeen side who went down to Glasgow two to three days later and scalped Rangers at Ibrox. So yeah. things are looking pretty good in the wake of that performance, and I'm actually pretty happy with the way that today went. Obviously, the performance was dull, and the game was pretty boring. Like the second half was really boring to watch. It wasn't a spectacle, but that's to do partly with Dundee's spoiler tactics. And I just think things are going okay right now under Lennon. I don't think anyone needs to panic. Everyone just needs to stay cool and just kind of calm down a little bit. Rogers won less than half of his away games in the league in the first half of the season. People need to remember this. People need to 
that that match could have easily happened under Brendan Rodgers for me. And it did in, in many occasions, mm. not even the big games you're alluding to there, the likes of Hearts. You know, there was also games that he drew away to Motherwell that we should have won, the game away at Livingston that we should have won. You know, our, our form at the start of the season was absolutely awful. And the only reason uh, for me that, uh, that we're so clear and we're, we're heading for eight in a row is the fact that the team since the uh, new year, since the game at Ibrox, have basically been untouchable mm. uh, apart from that game against Aberdeen I mean it's incredible thinking back to that game against uh, Rangers at Ibrooks that it wasn't until last Saturday that we dropped points again in, in the league and Scott Baines since he's come in and I don't know how many matches it must be 15-16 matches since the turn of the year something like that yeah. he's only conceded that dodgy goal against Motherwell and the penalty against Hearts obviously the goals in Europe as well but the, the defence is doing well they, they seem to be for, for having different names in there every week and it's good to see Benkovic back they seem to be holding it together quite well um, you could argue they're maybe not up against great sides but I still think it's positive and I think as I say once we get big big players back you know Tom Rogic and uh, Ryan Christie there's a couple others to come in as well and we hopefully get these players settled down again there'll be, there'll be a few of them and you can't not read into this the, the fact that there's some of them like Scott Sinclair that don't know if they're going to be there next season so that's got to play in their minds as well so I think if we get some security for that kind of stuff that's going to help us as well but I think there's lots and lots to be positive about um, for me it's it was a it was a poor performance it was a real I thought it was a pretty similar performance to me to the Aberdeen game I, I don't think we created that much really um, we created a few chances to keep her safe, but I just thought we were lacking. And if we hadn't scored, I would have been pretty disappointed with it. Um, but equally, we got the goal that's changed everything. For me, that does, you know, the goal and the celebration. We'll come on to the celebration in a wee minute. But for me, that just that just shows, and that could just be the result that gets us going under Neil Lennon. I, I just felt that he needed something. As I say, when he first came in against Hibs and Hearts, it was the adrenaline. It was almost like, you know, just straight away go out and play the exact same way and that kind of thing. He's not had his chance to, to get a stamp in the team. It was almost as if like that Aberdeen match last week and this match had been his first two matches in charge. Um, and I just get a feeling like that, that that goal could really kick us on. And I think with the, the big match coming up uh, after the international break, it's the ideal time, Paul. I, I think so. Um, I was just looking at the, the Premiership table and the fact that we are where we are just now, um, considering the early form of the away games, is is quite remarkable. And the two wins, like away from home, from that Lennon has 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 come in and provided for us. I know we dropped points against Aberdeen at home, but as as John said, arguably the best, probably the best team in the country on form, and um, in a another cup semi final, we we are flying like we are two wins away from matching our uh, wins for last season, and we've got eight games left. We're going to probably eclipse last year's total. We won't get to the, the big heights of the first season under Brendan Rodgers, but we're going to improve on last year. And how many people would have thought we would have done that on going like going into the, uh, the winter break? How many people would have thought ah, Celtic are going to eclipse what they did last season in the league? Not many. And I think Neil Lennon coming in now, getting that win, I know the performances have been a bit turgid, but we are at a stage where it's going to... Sh you, you would expect it to show dividends of the team performing with Lennon because the training has been going on going for a, a wee while now. Um, there's not as many midweek games. There's not Europe hanging over us. We can focus on each opponent and we'll have that mm. five-day kind of period where we can go, right, this is who we're playing. This is what we expect from them. And the, the players can go, right, the complete focus is on one thing and that's that's winning games. I know we've got Aberdeen in the, 
the the cup, but that'll be a compl- probably a different entity. They'll treat that as a as a one off. But in terms of winning league games in the league, we we know that we're probably three games away for like in, in essence three wins away for the title. Yeah, there's de- I mean there's definitely a bit of perspective needed about the current situation. I think I think Neil Lennon will be judged ultimately at the end of the day on the matches against Rangers at Celtic Park and Ibrox and the match at Hamden, potentially the final if we make it. Those those are the four games that he's going to be judged on at the end of the season. And um a little bit kind of the knives are coming out really easily. <laughs> like well, we're nil nil today, it was really it was a really boring game, but you know, seven to eighty minutes and it's suddenly blending out. You know, we need a new manager okay. in now. It's just that kind of pattern's just wearing me down. I just, I'm not, I'm not really up for putting up for it. Where do you think it comes from? Then my own theory is that quite simply, he's not Brendan Rodgers, and he's not this, you know, this slick uh, manager, and he's, you know, he's not this big name who's got a real history in the game and all that kind of thing, and he's he's having to go up against that. And for me, that's where it comes from, and the fact that he's this, you know, rough and ready character who gets Celtic going and, and understands Celtic, and he's going to show emotion and, and all that kind of stuff. And I I just feel that I think you're right. There yeah. are people out there who aren't aren't happy with that they would rather we had. Uh, a guy, a, a snake, if you will, in, in charge that's going to, you know, it's going to, I mean, if we score that goal, Brendan Rodgers punches the air or whatever, maybe, whereas Neil Lennon runs he's, down he's the touchline. I mean, yeah. I'll get you, your guys' thoughts on it, but for, for me, you've, you've you've got to love that. I mean, we've gone 10 clear uh, going into the final, as I said, the final straight of the league season. We've gone 10 clear to go eight in a row titles. Last minute winner, 96 minutes on the clock after playing terribly. You probably take more from the fact we were terrible and still won. And, and Neil Lennon's running down the touchline. It's just amazing. I can't understand that, why anyone that, wouldn't like that's this. That's just Tom English being Tom English. I mean, that's just the same guy who's... Practiced. Does it feed into all the, the recent crowd trouble? No, Is that what he's trying to get? Is he saying, oh, he's maybe he's looking for trouble, a reaction. Or? He's just looking for reaction. So there's probably... Like, the celebration was fine. I think we don't even need to discuss it more than that. I think if you... I'd not looked back at his tweets, but I'm sure he was probably creaming himself over a scotland team drawn in the rugby yesterday so i'm not really willing to take his opinion on celtic winning today to be quite frank with you that rugby was good though i quite enjoyed that enough <laughs> get to you you he summed up quite nicely if that had happened under brendan rogers he punches the air maybe turn, turn, turns and does a double fist to the fans because he's not a celtic fan <laughs> neil lennon is showing the real like the, well, he was obviously under pressure. He knew that how he's big the three immense, points were. Immense pressure. You're right. He's put immense pressure on and, himself. And he knows. He's, his, he's, he knows his future job is is dependent on how he finishes the season. Exactly. And the relief he would have got from that goal going in there to go ten points clear. What what else are you going to do with that energy and the, the adrenaline that comes out? You're just going to go. Oh yes, that's good. You, you you do something. I was jumping about daft in my my pal's living room, and I'm sure pretty sure everybody else watching the game with any. Uh, is, <laughs> any ounce of, of Celtic in them was going mental. There have been shouts up and down the country and Neil Lennon as well within his rights to, to celebrate in the way he did and anybody who thinks otherwise is, 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 is wrong. You need to be celebrating. You have to be involved mentally, physically and emotionally in the football game or the team you're managing. If you're not, then there's no point. The game's up. Yeah, I, I don't feel we need to touch on that anymore, to be honest, because I think even if we get into the debate of whether Lennon was right to do it is, is just a oh, crazy it's, debate it's because it, it's, it's a stupid. dangerous debate because it's fantastic. It's great to see. Brilliant. Right, anything else? I know you wanted to quickly touch on Mikey Johnson. John. Johnson, yeah, I just John. don't... I don't. I, we've discussed this back when last year even, but he was kind of getting some games under Brendan Rodgers just 
don't think he's quite ready for the first team. If I'm being brutally honest, is he I'm a loan not, out job? Yeah, he needs he needs a he needs a loan out. He needs like thirty games a season. He needs to be judged consistently. I'd like to see him go to someone like Aberdeen. You know that did wonders for Ryan Christie. You know, someone a team who's pretty ambitious who can still utilize the skill he's got. He's got obvious skill. He's got obvious kind of vision and. I just don't think it's quite coming off for him in the Celtic team right now, and there's a lot of pressure, and, and it's the kind of pressure that can kind of crush you a little bit. And he doesn't look particularly happy in that team either. Kind of baffling for me that Lennon's turned on um, at the start of the game. I'd much prefer seeing, you know, Weah or yeah. Burke or someone in there, and hopefully when Rogic comes back, it's like a no-brainer in terms of the selection. But Johnston is just not coming off for me. I don't want to make any kind of judgment on him really other than to say I think that him getting a few dozen games at another club would do him the world of good and then we can assess where he is after that that's just my feeling on it though I don't know what you guys are thinking about that yeah I think he's got a it's a similar thing to to the Callum McGregor to and I think the Lewis Morgan is the one that's it's in play just now he's almost ready he he needs a, a game time at a like I know he obviously was St Mirren he was getting week in week out but sitting on the sidelines is not doing him any good he needs to be able to play and improve his, himself and, and come back and, and be reassessed Johnson I think is of the same ilk it worked wonders for Callum McGregor and Ryan Christie as you said so it could work again for, for these guys You look at some of the players that have come through and I mean you're either kind of a player who can step right into the first team and do it almost instantly aka you know Kieran Tierney James Forrest are the obvious examples of that or you get the players um, like the ones you've just mentioned, Paul, you know, um, Lewis Morgan, who's had to go out on loan, um, Ryan Christie, who's certainly gone out on loan, come back, Callum McGregor's another one, Christopher Ayer went out to Kilmarnock, and Mikey Johnson, for me, strikes me as a kind of player that needs to go out and get first-team games. I'd love to see him playing in Scotland for another, kind of, as you say, like an Aberdeen or a Hibs or someone like that. Uh, that could cause damage to the teams in around us. Maybe Kilmarnock would be a good fit for him as well with Jordan Jones leaving them in the summer. Um, but I, th- I think I agree totally. I'd love to see him back because he's a really talented player. You saw that in the games, ironically, against Dundee at Parkhead earlier in the season, what he can do in Motherwell as well. But I think he's almost got over that kind of original adrenaline of getting into the first team and now he needs dropped out a little bit. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be delighted to see that and him coming back in. Uh, another man uh, we haven't, yet touched on uh, Odson Edward the, the winning goal yeah. scorer Johnny uh, probably wasn't at his best but I suppose no, when you score not. a last minute winner and you get your team three points who really cares now you was pretty garbage today but it's just this kind of thing where this is why we need Edward on the pitch just kind of all the time basically because I don't think there's many players who can just take the ball run the defence combine with a teammate get himself into that position in the box and finish and that in that way that he did today. I just don't think that we've got many players in the entire squad that can do that. And I think that when these games are tight and we're pushing for wins and we just need him on the pitch because he can be a difference maker even when he's having a really poor game. And I thought he was pretty garbage today. And yeah, but so was the rest of the team. But he's just he's just got that touch of quality. I don't think he's... It's not at the levels of a Dembele or, or such, but it's it's something that can't be discounted. He's a record signman. We need to invest in this guy. And um, I was happy that he stayed on the pitch today. I was happy that he wasn't substituted off. And ultimately, it paid off in the end. And Lennon looked delighted with him after the match. He was you know, giving him all sorts of chat in his ears. I so think it was you're ho- the man or something like that he was saying. Yeah, ho- hopefully that's a relationship that can kind of be forged now. And as Lennon gets to know Edward, understands that he's going to come up with the goods more often than not if he's given the minutes. 
then hopefully that strikes, can pay. He strikes me as a player you need to put your arm around Edward at times. He's a, he strikes me as that kind of player mm. that you need to, you know, g- give him your support and say, look, you're going to be my main man. And I think we all made the point in last week's podcast uh, after he didn't start against Aberdeen and came on at half time that we need to give this guy a run of games. I was delighted to see him start today. I thought he was pretty poor. Um, I think he needs to, ironically, the, the, the area he scored from, I don't think he does that enough. I think he needs to get himself into the box more um, because mm-hmm. he does a lot of his work on the outside at the moment, you know, the wings and whatever areas you don't really want to see him in. Um, but equally, he picks the ball up, plays it through to James Forrest and is on the end of it. It was a one time in the match, one player, uh, any player on the pitch showed that bit of desire to get on the end of something because there was a, the amount of kind of cross balls and everything that no one got near, the amount of corners that no one got near, and that goal was absolutely brilliant. I was delighted with it. Uh, did you guys hear the sports sound commentary at all? Were you happen to listen to that? No, 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 uh, no. They were adamant for literally about three or four minutes after the goal that it was Timothy Weir that had scored it. Jesus. So much so that that Rob McLean had the stat out about it being Weir's sixth or seventh goal or whatever. So that was a, an awkward one for them. I think the the game was well back underway by the time they realised and went, oh, it was Austin Edward. Um, <laughs> but fantastic for him. Paul, anything else to add from Dens? Just, um, John, slightly, briefly mentioned it earlier, Johnny Hayes. I thought, um, fair fucks to him, he was really good when he came on. Um, he brought us something slightly different and I don't know, it wasn't as if Sinclair had been, Sinclair was poor, but he wasn't overly poor, but he just seemed to have that extra wee spot in him that, that got him to the byline and got us a couple of chances and pushed us on, pushed us on. And most of the, the play was coming down that left-hand side in the second half and eventually it paid dividends in the goal. I know he wasn't directly involved, but I think he deserves a bit of credit for coming on and changing it a wee bit. That's what Johnny Hayes has to do for me. He has to keep his game basic, and if that's the way we want to play, and it maybe wasn't wouldn't have worked as well under Rodgers. But if you want to get someone to the byline to put crosses in, you know he's he's not got a bad delivery when he cuts. Um, he can, you know he kind of slices the ball and gets under it and hangs it up for players. He can get to the byline because he can beat anyone for pace. And I sometimes feel a lot of the time he just overcomplicates things by you know running into to kind of areas when there's players. I just think get at your man. Take him up the wing and get across, and I think when he does that, he's he's probably the best in the league at doing that. Just getting to the byline because he's got speed like no one else, probably other than Ollie Burke and our team. So I'd agree with that. I kind of frowned when I was a bit surprised when he first came on ahead of Weir, but I think that he he justified being the first substitute the way he came on. And as I say, I, th- I thought he was pretty good. So hopefully he can build to that. He's not a starter for me, but he's a player that can come off the bench. So. Well done, Johnny Hayes. Well done, Celtic. Ten points clear. Uh, I, I know the, the league's over and we've said it for ages, John, but we are now closing in on title number eight. How does it feel? Yeah, it feels all right. Yeah, just, it's just, we just need to keep winning. I don't really care how the wins come at the moment. I just think, I don't want to harp on about it, but just the situation where we're left in, I don't think the performances really matter to me that much between now and the end of the season. As long as we win, we can take care of stuff down the road. We can take care of stuff at the end of the season Big decisions can be made about the future of Celtic. Right now, it's just about grinding these results out. And I don't care if all our goals come in the stoppage time between now and the end of the season. They, they pretty Most much have under Lennon. Yeah, pretty, they pretty much have so far. I understand the performances aren't great. I was disappointed with the performance today too, but we just need to keep on kind of, keep on chuckling, as they say. Who says that? Me. Never heard anyone say that before. <laughs> Right, well, we talk Derby stuff then. Uh, what, I hear you say, because it's two weeks, we've got an international break. We don't like international football in the Grand Old Podcast, do we? No. Not really, you do. You you like international rugby, so you'll like anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, let's go on to it. We're uh, not going to do a podcast next week. We're going to take a well earned break. I think a couple of us are away and doing various things. So um, we're going to build up to the next competitive Celtic match, which is, of course, the one against Rangers. It's uh, mm-hmm. what, a week on Sunday. It's, I think it's a 12 yep. noon kickoff. High noon, as Ian Crocker will no doubt say in his prelude to the match. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at this first question. Is the upcoming match must win or would we settle for a draw? What do you think, Paul? Um, I'm not settling for a draw. No, not at Celtic Park. We've we've dropped points once in the league, and that was against Aberdeen. And I don't think you want to be seeing it anymore between now and the end of the season. The game against Rangers um, just before the winter break was disappointing. It was that's an understatement and a half. Aye, it, it was one of the games where we knew there was going to be one at some point, and we spoke about it in the podcast at length that. We knew it was going to come, but we just didn't know when it was. Probably, looking back on it now, it came at a perfect time because it gave them sort of this false sense of belief and we just got our work done and the, the background and then we've romped it ever since. This is the game that we make a statement and say, we are the best team in the country. We are extending our lead at the top of the table. Use our second or third best and here is here is how good we are. Come and, come and have a go. Um, this is the game where we have to stand up, be counted, and score some goals. Mm. Neil Lennon in the dugout against Rangers, John. It's uh, it's kind of a bit of a throwback, isn't it? Yes, it's going to be enjoyable. It's going to be very, and the pressure's off for me now. That's the reason I've asked that question. I just feel like the pressure's been lifted a little bit by that result. I think being ten points clear has just given us that little bit of breathing space where we can kind of go into this match and just enjoy ourselves and and play with freedom and pick up a win. Obviously, when it comes down to 11.59 on Sunday morning, I'll probably have very (laughs) different views on that. But I just feel it's a good opportunity for the team to not get caught up in the kind of high noon kind of scenario of the the fixture and just treat it like a a derby match with nothing much on the line. I mean, even if if worst comes to worst, then I don't think this is going to happen. But even if we lose, we're still seven points ahead with a handful of games remaining until the end of the season. That's a fantastic position to be in. And so I'm look, really looking forward to it. I don't really have any anxiety about it because I think that, um, first of all, I think we're going to win. But secondly, I don't feel like we've got much riding on it. And I think that even if we draw or even if, God forbid, we lose, it means something for Neil Lennon perhaps in his future. But in terms of Celtic season and winning the league, I don't think it matters all that much at all. And so it's going to be a good time. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Actually, it's uh, I get that feeling. You know, it's not it's not the same. The first game this season, and I think you can have to compare them all. The first one was really about putting a, a marker down against a, a Steven Gerrard team that had received real plaudits uh, for the start to the season, mainly in Europe, and it was about you know showing them who was boss. Uh, the second derby game, we won't, we won't even talk about that because that was just a, a shambolic Celtic performance. You know, we didn't have Tom Rogic, we didn't show up on the day. It was awful. Uh, Rangers, to their credit, were excellent. They should have won that. As, as many goals we should have won the first one by maybe three or four. Yeah. They should have won the the second one. I, f- I feel the same as you, John. I I don't like using the the phrase pressure off because of course it's not off. But yeah. I think if you if you isolate it to the league championship. The pressure is off because we're ten points clear. We're we're not we're not going to be caught. I don't think even if we lose this one, and even if we did lose Ibrox, I still think we'd have enough about us. I don't think that's going to happen. I've just got a feeling this is going to be, as I say, that victory at Dens Park for me when you saw Neil Lennon running down the touchline, and I don't know if you saw him after the game really punching the air, beating his chest when he was walking into the tunnel. I just get the impression that he realizes, no, this is where it starts. I'm back here. 
albeit I'm only into the end of the season at the moment, but this is where the journey starts for me again, and I just think we're, we're going to turn them over. Um, they're not in a great place at the moment, Rangers. No. Uh, I don't think that really matters, because I think if we turn up on our day, we win anyway, even if they are in a good place. But I just think we're going to see the ideal performance. I'm praying Thomas Rogic is going to be back, because that would just be amazing. I don't know what the latest in that is, but if he was to come back, it would just give the whole place a boost. I would start him straight away if he was fit, put it that way, because I think he's too big a player in those big occasions, mm -hmm. and I just can't wait for it. I think we're going to do them. I genuinely do. I know we'll get predictions at the end, Paul, <laughs> but I've just got a feeling that we're going to do them. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, I, I know you're saying don't harp on how like, the Rangers' results have been recently, but I think when you look in the season as a whole, when it comes to the punch in the big games, they've struggled and they've struggled badly. They really have, yeah. I, I saw a stat, and I, I don't want to make it, you know, heart and hand podcast, but I saw a stat earlier today, uh, and now I'm kicking myself because I don't want to get it wrong, but it was like the 13 games they've played against Kilmarnock, Hibs and Aberdeen this year, they've won like two or, or maybe three out of 13. Like those matches, terrible. Um, Aberdeen, like you look at the recent results, like when it comes to big games... We've played, we played Hearts, we played Hibs, we played Aberdeen. We got through to the cup semi final, where we relatively easy against Hibs. We got the win against Hearts. I know we dropped points against Aberdeen, but they, they drew with Hibs. They get put out of the cup by Aberdeen. They drew with Kilmarnock in the cup. They dropped points to Kilmarnock um a couple of times this season, and they when it mattered in Europe, they they wilted. They did nothing. They haven't really been winning games, in terms of any consistency. When it comes up, when they come to a team that is even slightly good, they've struggled. And it shows that the reliance on Morelis is, is the one thing that's keeping their season alive in terms of the league. They, he, he scored all their goals and, and without him, they, they're a team of decent enough players, but as, as a unit, they're, they're average. And coming to Celtic Park, knowing that they haven't, as a, as a team, Rangers coming to Celtic Park haven't won for... Uh, almost ten years. It's it's going to be, they'll 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 be thinking about this. This is a, an opportunity to to take the title race closer. But I think we all know, and I think Rangers fans know deep down that they're not on our level. And at Celtic Park, in front of a a massive home support, knowing that we'll be pushing on to go thirteen points clear at the top of the league, they'll be absolutely shaking themselves. Like this is what's going to happen. The after the international matches are done. The first day, the first morning after, everyone's stopped talking about probably horrendous Scotland result. Everyone's going to be talking about the derby. And the first headline's going to be from someone like Scott Arfield or James Tavenier or some idiot. And the headline's going to be, we can still win the league. And then that the second headline yeah. is going to be Gerard talking about how it will, you know they can win at Celtic Park. The next headline's going to be, they're going to build it all up all week and then we're just going to scalp them. That's what's going to happen. It's very predictable. I feel like it's very predictable because I think, think this happens time and again with these chances. They speak all this nonsense in the build-up to these matches. And apart from one occasion over the last few years, apart from one occasion, every single time they've been left very embarrassed. If I was a Rangers fan, I would be desperate for that team to just shut up and just get on with it. Because the amount of times in the build-up to these matches that they just talk the absolute biggest amount of nonsense. I know that they're probably fed PR lines. I know that they're probably just you know giving sound bites because they can't be bothered speaking to the press that day in a press conference. But some mm -hmm. of the utter nonsense coming out of some of these chanters is ridiculous and very much unearned. And so I'm very much expecting Scott Brown to lead this team to another pretty stomping victory, like Kamish mentioned. I know Celtic Park and Old Firm Day is, is always absolutely rocking. I mean, that's a given at the start of the match. But I just get the impression, you know, with Neil Lennon in charge, 
10 points clear. It'll be, will it be April? No, the last day of March, I think it is. You know, the sun will probably be shining, hopefully a wee bit warmer. Um, I just get the impression this could be a loud one. I just I just have, have that, that impression that this could be one where we, the crowd's up for it, we get up for it. Neil Lennon, I mean, Neil Lennon's record, I've got it in front of me here in, in Celtic Rangers matches. Bearing in mind, this was at a stage when Celtic Rangers were pretty much at a, a kind of even level. Uh, played 12, won 6, drawn 2 and lost 4. Five of those six wins came at home. We only only one match he didn't win at home was, I think, his first one uh, at Celtic Park when Rangers turned us over. So he has a good record. He knows how to get the players up, as we touched on last week's uh, yeah. episode. And I just I, I, I can't kind of really put where it comes from. I just think that today was the moment. That goal was the kickoff, and I think we're going to turn up, and I think we're going to do them. I think we're going to get into them early on. Um, we've got players there like Scott Brown and uh, a couple of others that really took a bit of a doing last time and they're not used to taking a doing in domestic front and let's be honest it was painful that defeat to Rangers right before the new year uh, I certainly didn't have as good a new year because of it uh, not having a game for two or three weeks later uh, hearing all the stuff about how Rangers are going to win the league the fact they signed Defoe um, and Davis and a couple of other guys I just it was a horrible little period to be a Celtic fan and the only thing we clung on to was the fact uh, and I think it's when we brought the podcast back the only thing we clung on to was the fact that it was Brendan Rodgers and we had this team we're now 10 points clear the team have delivered and I think they're ready to do it again I think we're going to do them as I say um, have you got a list of international players there John? Yeah. 13 of them? Yeah we? I mean I, that's the only thing this international break's come at a pretty, pretty poor time but I actually think it hampers Rangers more than us and I'll explain in a minute but we've got Scott Bain, Keane Tierney, Cal McGregor, James Forrest and Ollie Burke away with Scotland. They're off to Kazakhstan and then they're playing San Marino on the way back. So yep. kind of minimises the travel, but it's good that the Kazakhstan game's first because if that was the second, you know, if that was the second match in that run and they're coming home from Kazakhstan like three days before, that would be a bit of a nightmare. It's also good they're playing San Marino as yeah. well, jobbers. <laughs> uh, Boy- we set them up well for playing Rangers, I suppose. Yeah, Boyata's away with Belgium, Ayer with Norway, Lustig with Sweden. Uh, Izakiri and Gamboa, I think, are away across the Atlantic to play, but they probably wouldn't have featured anyway. And then the other three, Neil Baton, Ewan Henderson and Mikey Johnston, um, all, all featuring, the, obviously, the latter two are playing for the under-19s and under-21s for Scotland, Neil Baton away with Israel. But, and this is the thing, on the Rangers side, they've got a few players away as well, including Alfredo Morelos, who is heading off with Colombia to the Far East, to Korea, to play South Korea Oof. and Japan. And I believe he plays one of them in Korea. I think he's playing South Korea in Korea, like on the Tuesday before the match. And so when you're thinking about he's playing that match and then he's got like a 5,000 mile journey home, you know, he might not get home until the Thursday or the Friday. That's 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 a big problem for them, I feel, because he's their, easily their most important player. And even if he doesn't play 180 minutes across these matches, which is probably doubtful, just that travelling alone is surely going to take some of his capacity away on the Sunday, which is, don't forget, a noon kickoff. It's it's a very early on a Sunday kickoff. So, And if he, he can't train are, with them... Are those friendly matches yeah, that Ellis is away for? Yeah, those are friendly matches. But he's desperate to play for them because he really wants to go to the Copa America in the summer. And so he's been badgering Carlos Quiros about... You know, getting a call up to the squad, so he'll be off and desperate to play in those matches. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does start one of them. And hopefully, of course, he starts the second one, which would be ideal for us. Yeah, it's an interesting point, Paul. I mean, Celtic probably have far more players away than Rangers, but you could argue the real important one. Uh, Morelos has been Rangers' main man. I've seen a fair bit of them this season, and even yesterday's game, he was the only one, and he scored a really good goal. He was the only one, you know, that showed that bit of heart and desire. 
Um, and he's the one we need to watch, but it'll make it easier uh, if he has been away for that spell. Yeah, I think so. But I think you also need to take into consideration that he has yet to do it against us. Like I know he, he's had chances, but he hasn't taken them. And is he? It, I don't know, but will it be playing on his mind? I'm sure it will because he's, he's in a very, yeah, he's a, a very, very emotional guy. Like he, he leaves it all out there. Like fair play to him. If he, like, he's one of the players that you absolutely despise in your opposition, but if he was in your team, you would. You would love him to wind up uh, everybody else like a Scott Brown kind of character who knows how to hit the buttons of of other opposition players and fans, but he hasn't done it against us yet. I know he's had a great season. He will probably be in the running for Player of the Year and all that kind of stuff. But he has to deliver when it matters on the big in the big games. And and if he does it, if he fails to do it again, it's Celtic Park coming off the back of travelling and international break. Then we'll we'll be we'll be sitting we'll be the ones sitting with the smiles on our faces and and laughing at him once again. So. Um, It'll be a, it'll be it'll have an impact on him, but I think our players are coming back and, and making sure they're fresh and being ready for the for the matches is, is far more important than, than relying on one of them having an off day. And do you see any other threats in the Rangers team, either of you? For me, for me, Kent um, mm. is a very talented player. I know his, his final ball, excuse me, his final ball lets him down quite a lot of the time, but he is, he is a talent and you only need to see what he did in that first match. He's their main kind of outlet on the left-hand side. Um, I, I think Tavernier's always a threat with his crosses. He's always a worrying player to, to watch because he, his, his final ball is absolutely terrific and he really whips him in. And, you know, if one of those, if we give him too much space and one of those gets fired and someone like Morelos or a, you know, a, a, a midfielder breaking into the box nods that into the net, that's going to be disappointing. But so now we've got Tierney back as well. I think, I think the, the presence of Tierney will counter that tabbing here somewhat in the sense of Tierney will be going forward and have to be on the back foot for the most of the match, I would imagine. Um, I would, Tierney and Sinclair are going to keep Tavernier pretty, pretty quiet, I think. Hopefully, I mean, it's nothing new, we're a better team man than we've got better players, I don't feel threatened by them the same way I did earlier this season, like the first match I was quite um, kind of worried going into it because I thought, I maybe slightly believed the hype, I thought they, they were pretty good but they were garbage that day, as, as garbage as we were in the second game, so I feel like, I think we're massive favourites for this one, I think we're going to win, I mean I've kind of said it all, couple of the players as you say Morelos is one you obviously have to keep an eye on even if he's been away in, in Colombia or Asia wherever he is he's a talented player and it's, he's one he's strong and he can he can finish quite well albeit not against Celtic so far but you wouldn't really be surprised if he was to tuck one away in the match so he's one we really need to keep an eye on if he plays but there's no one I mean Jermaine Defoe doesn't really worry me no. if you give him a chance there's probably a half decent chance he'll take it but he's not a player that you'd be overly worried about playing against at the moment um, and I just think that I just think that we're going to do them. I mean, they're um, really lacking a creative midfielder. I mean, they've they've got yeah. they've got a, a lot of midfielders. They've got you know Davis. They've got Koulibaly. They've got Arfield. They've got Ryan Jack. They've got Ross McCrory. But they've got no one that can really unlock a defence. Even Glenn Kamara, you know, is a very much a, a, a deeper lion midfielder. Yeah. And I think that's going to be their big struggle against us. And I think if we can get our midfield right. Get McGregor, Brown, and Rogic in there, and I don't care if Rogic is going to be playing ninety minutes because let's face it, you probably won't. But I would start Rogic in that match, and I would really put them, you know, on the back foot, really bring the game to them early on. And I think you know we can knock down, knock down that door early, and and give them a fright, and then from then on it should be pretty pretty easy. I would suggest. Not easy, but you know what I mean. Right, I'll get your predictions now. First of all, just a wee recap on the prediction league. Not much has changed. We all had Celtic wins uh, against Dundee at Dens Park. I went for 
2-0 if James Forrest had curled that late one and I would have been laughing. John, you went for 3-0 and Paul, you went for 4-0, unsurprisingly. <laughs> uh, so we all got a point. Uh, so it's uh, Paul still rooted to the bottom in seven, then John on eight and I'm top with nine. Uh, what about... Got a bonus point now. I'm, I'm sure I said Edward would score. You're not getting bonus points. Oh, this isn't the rules. You're just making up as you go along now. Oh, worth a try. Right, go on. Tell me your uh, tell me your Rangers prediction then. Right, I'll go for it. Um, I'm pretty sure this game's on Mother's Day, isn't it? Uh, I don't. I don't really know when Mother's Day is, to be honest. I'm pretty sure it's Mothering Sunday, so we will deliver the mother of all victories. We'll beat them three 0 and send them home crying to their mothers. In Morelis' case, a mattress. Is that Hugh Evans <laughs> on the line here? What's going on here? <laughs> That's my official prediction is 3-0. Well, I've, I've kind of already... I don't know if I have already said mine, but certainly in my head are 3-0. I just think... I mean, see, when you think back to Neil Lennon against Rangers at Parkhead, 3-0 is a result that comes into your mind, isn't it? I mean, we talked about the two last week, the two 3-0 wins, and it's just it's just the right number, I think. It's not too high and it's not too low. Uh, I mean, if we win 4 or 5-0, I won't complain, but I just think it's got a 3-0 feel to it. Um, so, yeah, Celtic 3 Rangers now for me. I'm going for 3-1. That's controversial. That's all I've got to say about it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Speak to you in a fortnight. Hopefully, we're talking, as I say, after Celtic have dished out the mother of humpings to the Rangers. Catch you later. Hail, hail.